Again, let us open our Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 6. We read the great Shema last week, uh, verses 4 and 5. Uh, this builds off of it. In fact, in a number of the commentaries, they speak of the Shema as these other verses, even including going beyond where we'll be today for a few more verses. I think it was right to look at the Shema more tightly and closely at verses 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength. Uh, but uh, it really is relating into this next part. You might say it's the how of what we've just been told to do, and it's really the beginning of the how. We'll get more details in the next verses, and I almost wanted to include them, uh, but I think it'll be best to just focus on this one verse together today to make sure we understand and get this right that the rest of what comes will be done right. So hear now the word of God, Deuteronomy 6, verse 6. What I would like to do is read uh, verses, uh, you know, what I'd like to do is read uh, from the beginning through verse 6, just to remember the context since we've been breaking it up in smaller pieces. And uh, there's a lot of repetition of focus, and I think that'll be helpful, especially for our verse today. Chapter 6, beginning with verse 1. Now, these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God, to keep all his commandments, statutes, and his commandments, which I command thee thou, and thy son, and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord thy God of thy fathers hath promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Now that's particularly looking ahead to the words that are coming, but they're very much the same as before, only more specific. But this is the verse we focus on today, coming off of the great Shema, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And our verse today, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Again, the great Shema was what we looked at last week the beginning of the exposition and application of the first commandment by Moses, as he will do with each of the Ten Commands that we looked at in summary form in chapter 5. And that was that God is one. He is the only God. He is unique and alone can love you. Perfectly, completely, consistently, loyally, and at all. There is no other God. There's no other God to love you. And also, there's no other God for you to love. So, you should respond in loving him with all that is within you. That was the application, verse 5. And we love him in our heart. Completely, really, everything in us. 
but heart was one of the words used, all really saying essentially the same thing. Love the Lord with all our heart. Now that's the first aspect of, of how we do that, is to love his word. That's what we look at now, the heart. The first aspect of how we do what it is to love the Lord with all our heart is to listen to his word, all of his word, think about it, and prepare to live it. And that's our verse today, teaching us Having been commanded to love God with all our heart, we should do so by beginning with the storing up of all he says into our hearts. I give that to you as the main idea of this verse today. Having been commanded to love God with all our heart, we should do so by beginning with the storing up of all he says into our hearts. Now it's meant to be done something with, but it begins with God's word. And we are always tempted to go beyond God's word or uh, neglect coming back to God's word. It's his word is the main way we love him. God speaks his loving words in love. And beloved, may you lovingly store up God's loving words in your heart. And that's the message for you this morning. Lovingly store up God's loving words in your heart. Lovingly store up God's loving words in your heart. You can think of ladies, they often keep cards and letters from many people. Uh, men can do that too, but ladies especially tend to hold on to things. And especially cards and letters from their husbands might have a special box. And so they store up that box with all these letters of thoughts and what we're going to do. And they return to them often to read them and deepen their devotion to their husbands. And who have taken care to write them about how they will live in their love together and in specific ways with an eye on the future and their family. That's what's going on here. God, our husband, we, his wife, he is telling us to remember to keep going back to his loving words. His commands, my love, here's how we're going to live together in the promised land. My love, here is how you will live a blessed, wonderful life. Here, living these ways is how we will build a legacy of children and children's children. And he wants us to store up these words in our heart. Store them up. Listen and remember and study and memorize and love. Not just, okay, well that was nice to hear them and I'll leave them there on the pew. Or I'll leave them there on my couch. They have to go in. And they have to stay in. As many of the Puritans say, let us not be like a sieve, or you might say a calendar. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. I get mixed up with the other word. But you know, we cook our spaghetti. It's funny, I still have, from when I was a bachelor, all I used to eat in college was macaroni and cheese mixed with cut-up hot dogs and vegetables. And I just throw it all in there. But what do you do? You boil it, right? And then you take it out, and all the water stays in the pot, but all the water goes out through those holes. And we're not supposed to be like that. We're supposed to be the pot that holds and retains the water. He says, too many, many of the Puritans say, too many Christians are like the part with the holes in it. As soon as the preaching of God's word, the reading of God's word is over, lift it up, go out, and all the water falls right out. God help us not to be that way, but to store it up. 
because God calls upon us to receive his commandments and hold on to them. And not just holding on to them in the sense of they're, they're there to be safe and we don't come back. But they're like it's something deep inside us, not on our bookshelf in a safe, but in the safe of our heart. And we just want to hold on to it deep within as we love him and want to love him back for first loving us. The place where God's word is stored that we would not sin against him, but keep his commands and love. The place where that is, is to be your heart. Now, we studied what that means, but let us review. We are to store God's commands in our heart. The word heart in the Hebrew, lavav, basically means our inner man. All of who we are. It's to be in us. It's to be personal. It's to be within us. We take it with us wherever we go. P.C. Craigie reminds us that heart here, again, refers more specifically to the seat of thought and memory. Remember, love is a choice. Love is an attitude which shows itself in action. We may not always feel the way we should feel, but we do it anyways. That's love. It's mostly thought and memory. It's choosing to think about God and to think about what he says instead of to think about someone else and what they say, especially false idols, whether it's a thing, a person, or something else, or largely often ourselves. It's to think and have memory about what God has said to us. It's to come away from the sermon, and when Dad asks you on the ride home or on family worship between the services, what was the sermon about today? What was the scripture? What is something you learned? Children, wives, everyone, you'll have something to say. You're paying attention, and you're storing it up, and it'll be natural to say, oh, this really stuck out to me. This was the main thing. You'll have something stored in your heart that can come out of your mouth. And of course, dad will have something to say to prime the pump because he's listening too. It's not excluding our emotions, but it's mostly thought and memory. P.C. Craigie tells us uh, again that it is specifically the seed of thought and memory. Paul House says this. Here's what God is saying. You are to internalize the covenant. It's not just to be outward. Even if you have some things memorized and do the right thing outwardly, it's to be in the heart. It's to be truly coming from the heart out of love. 1 Corinthians 13, otherwise it profits you nothing and it's nothing to God. But it starts in here, it works in here and works itself out. And if it's not here, it really is never working itself out. We're going to see ways to direct us, how to, how to direct and live out that love and with our children in the scriptures to come. But it's got to start in the heart or it hasn't started and it isn't real. And the word has to be in there. And we don't want to be what James says, be not deceived. Be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. If you really are loving God, you're storing up what he says in your heart, that you would be a living out of it from your heart. Have God's word in your heart. That is, internalize it. Internalize his commands. Internalize this relationship. A good wife wants to please her husband. We want to please our God. It involves thinking that starts the feelings. It involves thinking that stirs up the right feelings and directs those feelings into holy action. When we're not uh, storing up God's word in our heart, there's nothing to stir our hearts to the right actions. And what is there? The wickedness that already was there and remains and isn't being cleaned out and lightened up. And so that heart stirs with the wrong anger and wrath and disgust and venom and vileness that it is to be a fallen human. 
The heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? Says Jeremiah. It's from the heart that all wickedness comes, says Christ. We need to be filling up God's word on our heart that we would stir up proper emotions and proper feelings. Because usually our emotions and feelings are not the right ones. And if they are stirred up, it's anger and hatred and viciousness and resentment and bitterness and begrudging. And then the wrong things come out of that and you won't see the things he's going to tell us to do next. You won't see those things happening. You have to have God's word in your heart. So it stirs up the right feelings. Not try to have the feelings to store up God's word in your heart. It's the opposite. It's backwards. When you have those feelings and emotions stirred up and directed properly by God's word in your heart, which is living and active, right? And it does discern the thoughts and intents of your heart, Hebrews 4.12. When that's happening, then we're led into holy action, the right feelings, the right actions. The heart is the place of memory and meditation and thus motivation. And it is to flow out in all of life. That'll be the next verses. We've got to start there. We've got to start with our hearts. We've got to start with filling our hearts with God's word. And I want to say this simply before we continue. The simple application is, beloved, read God's Bible. Read the scriptures regularly, repetitively, but read them with understanding. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you what he's really saying. So often people are clueless about sometimes what amazes me, the most basic things of what the Bible's clearly teaching. But it's because they're not reading it, asking the Holy Spirit to guide them. What's the main point? Help me to know how to read. Open thou mine eyes, says the scriptures, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Don't read it according to your wisdom. Don't be looking for all this nuanced, interesting things no one else sees. See what is there to be seen and help you see with light. Study and read your Bibles. Use the Westminster Standards as a way to help you make sure you know the main teachings of them in summary, systematic form regularly be putting it in so something will direct you the right way to come out as will be commanded in verses to come and that is love again to be putting god's word in your heart you know when you take your membership vows if you have or if you will you make a promise to read your bible regularly to study the scriptures regularly we all make that command. I'll take that uh, covenant. God, help us. Forgive us for not living it like we should, not as best as we could, not responding to him in love the way it should really look when it's our whole heart. And so, beloved, as you love the Lord with your whole heart, you will be found reading his Bible to store it in your heart all the time. God, help us. Be found reading your Bibles, but with understanding so that you have the right thing in there to know the right way to respond with it. God has given us what to do in verse 5. Love him. From our hearts. Verse 6 is the beginning of how. Store up his word in our hearts. Because living out God's commandments is love. To store up God's words and his commands within us is to fill us up with supernatural love to give them back to him in return. We don't want to rely on ourselves out of our dark hearts to try to love God. It's not going to happen. We need his holy living word in us to be enabled to live. You know, you you hear people talk about, like in marriage counseling, you need to have your love tank filled, that you have something to love out with. 
And that has to be God's love in you that you can give any love to anyone else and not be dependent on how they do or don't love you. Just as God loves us while we were yet enemies with him. Store up his words of love in your heart that you can love. Love is giving. And to give, we have to have something within us to offer. His word. That we can give his life-giving word in the gospel to other people. That we, our mouths can share the word in the gospel because it's in our heart. Memorizing, thinking about it, studying it, understanding it properly. To be able to give it to others. To pass on God's love to others and life. We need to receive God's words into the reservoir of our heart so that they flow out of us back to him and one another. It's got to start with our hearts and God's word being stored up in our hearts. This is a fundamental, elementary thing to understand. We can't move too quickly past love the Lord with everything in you to the ways of loving him if we're not storing up his word in our heart. It's where it begins. It's foundational. It's fundamental. We don't want to read books about God's word more than we read God's word. Deuteronomy 11. Look with me. Deuteronomy 11 verse 18. A similar idea expressed. Turn with me to Deuteronomy 11, verse 18. Therefore shall ye lay up these my words into your heart and in your soul, and bind them for a sign upon your hand, that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. Now that's the kind of thing that's going to be said in the verses that come. The way to remind us to keep putting God's word back in us. Uh, But lay up these words, look, in your heart and in your soul. Now that's the same idea of the great command. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might or strength. And uh, lay up his words in your heart. such a fundamental thing. Lay up his commands in your heart. What is Deuteronomy but a a reminder to them of all the commands they must remember so that they will do? Out of love for God, but also so it will go well for them because he loves us and wants what's best for us. And his word is best. Father knows best. Turn with me to Deuteronomy 32, verse 46, to see this main concern and idea, how it is framing and all through the scriptures as a structure Love God with everything in you by putting his commands in your heart. Deuteronomy 32, verse 46. And he said unto them, Set your hearts unto all the words which I testify among you this day, which ye shall command your children to observe to do all the words of this law. Now, we're going to see in the coming verses that there's much to say about how we are to do these things in practical ways with our children. But before we can be telling our children the word of God, it has to be in our hearts. It has to be in our own hearts. And people will know when it's in our hearts, when it's a matter of thought and memory that is obvious in the sense of devotion. A desire to do it out of love. How can you love? You've been commanded to love God with everything in you. How can you do that? Put all of God's word in you. How can you live for him alone? How can you even live for God, yet alone love him? But your life should be that of living for him. The same way Jesus did. 
while being tempted to hate God and sin against him in the garden, or excuse me, in the wilderness. And he quoted Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. Turn with me back to Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. Too often we're turning to other things, other people, other idols, to try to grow and survive, when in fact we need God's word deep in our hearts, penetrating our hearts, pouring out of our pores and out of our eyes. His light coming in our eyes, that his light is in our body. The word is light. Deuteronomy 8, verse 3, Jesus quotes this. And he, excuse me, he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know, and this is the part that Jesus quotes, that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Jesus quotes this while he's hungry. But he says to his disciples other times too, I have, word, I have food that you don't know, but it's the word of God. Feed on the word of God. Uh, you know, sometimes use fasting. Right? He says, I humbled you, I allowed you to be hungry, so that you would turn to me to know where to get your food, but mostly that you would learn to turn me to get your spiritual food, that you make it in this world. You need to know that you don't live by bread alone. You live by every word of God. And that's how Jesus, while fasting, survived and passed the test of temptation in the wilderness with Satan. The Spirit leading him there. By knowing the word of God and able to quote it from his heart against tempters and for himself to obey God out of love. And he loved God perfectly, the perfect son with whom God is well pleased. And this is our example to follow. When we're hungry, when we're fasting, maybe we're starving for attention. Maybe we're starving for someone's affection or some kind of thing we don't have or some kind of sense or feeling. What do we do? We go back to God's word. Beloved, I was really struggling Friday night when I got back to my office late. And I was really struggling. How am I going to get to work even though I know I have to and I want to? And I did what I so often do. I've told you often, when I feel like I can't, I don't have it in me. Yep, so put it in you. And so I opened this altar, and I was asking God to guide me, and I sang Psalm 26, and boy, did it feed me, and including for that situation. And I was amazed that's where I went. It's not one of the Psalms I usually turn to so quickly. And God fed me, and I got to work. And that included feeding me to give you what you got for your pastoral devotion this week, which I often don't, I'm not able to get to. You've got to feed yourself with God's word. You've got to go to him and have him feed you with every word. When you are often wrestling in those private moments especially, and you feel like you've got to go to something to eat or drink, go to the word of God. And keep going until you feel satisfied. Sometimes your sinful heart will try to block out the light. Sometimes Satan will try to keep distracting you. No, 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 go here. It's much easier. Because certainly eating takes in, involves work. It's funny, I remember my friend Scott, uh, Scott Offhoff, uh, excuse me, Offhammer, excuse me, uh, Scott Offhammer, he was here for our wedding. You remember, I went to college with him. And I remember him saying once, oh, eating is such a chore. Well, I wish I had that thought a little bit more as it relates to real food. I'd probably have a, a more narrow belts, but, but, but it actually is work to eat, isn't it? I mean, nobody eats for you. Eating involves preparation. Eating involves 
the even movement of your hands, opening your mouth. Eating involves chewing. Proper digestion involves properly, slowly eating and chewing. And that's how we're to be with God's word. Digesting it, meditating upon it, especially the Proverbs. Which is particularly about how to live a good, wise, godly life. And thus have the benefits of that in this life. We need to be doing the work. And so, you know, you're going to be tempted to take the quick fix, the candy, the intoxication, the sinful pleasure, or even just things that are not wrong but are not profitable. Keep coming back to the Word. Keep reading the Word in and out of season. Use that hunger to take you to eat the Word And find that you will be satisfied. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after Christ's righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Believe and trust it. Go eat and drink that. And remember that as you're eating and drinking of the body of bread in Christ and what the word tells you that means. Feed on it. Meditate. Think about it. Fill yourself with the Lord's Supper and the word of Christ. It's by by every word of God that you live. Psalm 37, verses 30 to 31. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart. The righteous one. None of his steps shall slide. Proverb 2, verses 10 to 12. When wisdom entereth into thine heart... And knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul. Discretion shall preserve thee. Understanding shall keep thee. To deliver thee from the way of the evil man. From the man that speaketh forward things. Remembering the evil man will awful speak to you. Just like the devil, he will flatter you with lying lips. Rather than give you faithful wounds of a friend. And the word of God enlightened by the Holy Spirit, as you store it there and really meditate and think and build it up, will be there to help you, give you wisdom and discretion so that you are preserved. Thus, Jeremiah 31, verse 33, promising with the coming of Christ, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. Jesus is your perfect example and fulfiller of love to God our Father. Psalm 40 verse 8 which is fulfilled in Hebrews 10 verse 7. He says, I delight. Jesus says, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. You're simply being called upon to be like Jesus. 
his law in your heart. And then verse 10 of Psalm 40, I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. It's there and I don't hide it. And if it's there the right way, it comes out in how I live and how I want to proclaim, live God's law, live his righteousness. Again, I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. Beloved, first store up this word in your heart. Start here. Start with the gospel. John 3, 16. Make sure it's memorized in your heart to be able to give it to others and to be able to keep going back to for yourself. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Store that down in your heart. God, your Father, says to you, and every parent should say the same to their children, Proverbs 3, verses 1 to 3. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine hearts. And that's reflecting where we'll go next week again. Let let these visible ways do what you need to do to help you remember and keep it there. Keep thinking about it. And as your loving God's will is that you would be sanctified. Here is how you prepare yourselves to be holy for him. Proverbs 3, 5 to 7. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. I want you to hear this very strongly today. This is a big, big issue. You study, have his words in your heart so that you trust in him with all your heart by keeping his commands that it goes well for you. We so quickly doubt God. We so quickly give up on him and his word and we run quickly to the quick fix, easy thing and often sinful thing to try to relieve our immediate feelings that haven't been stirred up properly by the word of God and are still too much stirred up in sin. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Love him with all your heart, that you can trust in him with all your heart, which you're going to fill up to overflowing with his word. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And when many who claim to be Christians would have you love Christ less by violating his commands or explaining them away with modern therapeutic ministry to feel good rather than be good, to be whole rather than to be holy, to be recovered rather than to be repenting, as I quoted some things from the Cambridge Declaration and things that were around it in your pastoral post this week. Stay resolved. With Isaiah 51 verse 7. Hearken unto me, ye that know righteousness. The people in whose heart is my law, fear ye not the reproach of men. 
neither be ye afraid of their revilings. Remembering that Jesus says, blessed are you when people say all kinds of things falsely against you. For such were the prophets that came before you. And what were the prophets doing? Calling out most, the majority of the church, to stop letting the world be infiltrating them and their hearts and their ways in their hearts. And calling what God says is evil and what evil good. And resenting and rebelling against God's commands. I mean, just go through the book of Numbers. And not responding to God's rebukes through his prophets so they have to go face very difficult discipline. Don't let them, don't let the motley clue of the majority take you away from God's word and every commandment that Jesus says to live. That's discipleship. You know, I saw, it was interesting, Elon Musk uh, in one of his Twitter tweety things, whatever you call that stuff, uh, you know what he said? It was interesting. He was arguing, whatever he did or didn't do is not my point, but it was striking to me his point, his reason for doing it, he gave in Latin, and I can't remember to quote the Latin, but here's what it says. The voice of the people is the voice of God. That ought to make you fall over in fear. The majority of the voice of the people is almost always the voice of Satan. Again, just read through the book of Numbers alone. The remnant has the truth of God. The voice of the people, if it is the voice of God, has to be the voice of God. It has to be the voice of God in God's words and commands. The voice of the people in Numbers got a whole lot of people dead. The voice of the people is not the voice of God. The voice of God is the voice of God. And may it be that he helps us stir it in our hearts that we don't misrepresent him saying, did God really say? And instead of repent for the kingdom of heaven is here, we say, it's okay. I know you're trying. I hope you be better. And we are in danger of leading others, not only ourselves falling along the path that is leading to denigration and destruction, which Paul warned us about at the end of Philippians chapter 3 recently. Keep Isaiah 51, 7 in your heart. And don't let anyone's revilings keep you away with what the Holy Spirit shows is the clear meaning and understanding of what to know and do. Remembering that your Lord said, the Lord Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 8, verse 15, but that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, Keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Indeed, Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts. To the Lord. And what did he just say there? You know what he said. Sing the Psalter and sing it to one another. But notice this in your hearts, teaching it to one another. That's the Great Commission. Discipling people to do what God says. And notice, admonishing one another. That means saying, You did it wrong. Don't do that again. Look how it affects others. Do this right. Look how you're going to bless others, let alone yourself. 
And that's the word of Christ to be in you richly, but you've got to have it dwelling in you richly. And the singing of the Psalms is one of the best ways to do that. It's all of Christ. He says in the Gospel of Luke, the law, the prophets, and the Psalms are all about me. And the Psalms especially have messianic things about Christ, such as we've seen today, to do thy law is my delight. And so therefore, to do it, I will sacrifice myself, including in his case, my very body in death. So we, storing up God's win our hearts, should be including what Paul says, I will beat my body into submission, and I will take every thought captive under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as you do, know your elders adore you, as did Paul the Philippians and even the Corinthians whose hearts responded with godly sorrow to his correction in the first letter. And he writes in the second letter, chapter 3, verses 2 to 3, Ye are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. You're in our hearts because God's word is clearly stored up in your heart, and it's seen by the way you've been able to respond to my strong, harsh, could we say, correction and commandments, that you get it right and get it right in your heart. And praise the Lord, you're responding with a godly sorrow as the word stored in your heart would guide you, not a worldly sorrow, which would cause you to run away. Thus you're in our hearts. But notice, because it's in your heart, which is not a stone, but the word of God is written in your hearts. Apply our text, beloved, especially with Psalm 119, verses 10 to 11, that you sang already this morning. And have preached it elsewhere about living a holy habit and, and, and to be able to grow in sanctification uh, and to grow in good habits and destroy old habits. I've preached another text on, on, this, on this text. But sing this today as probably the main application of our text today. Psalm 119 verses 10 to 11. With my whole heart I have sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Of course, the opposite could be said that I love thee. And that could be almost a summary and application of Deuteronomy 6, 4-6. But particularly verse 6 today, Thy word have I hid in mine heart. To love God back is to not sin against him, and that starts with your heart and what you do or do not put there. And what you do or do not build there and revisit regularly and remember. To replace what is already lurking in the opposite of love. Not loving God with our whole heart, but keeping many compartments there to keep the world's commands and love for the world. Matthew 15, verses 19 to 20. Jesus says, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, 
fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, and it starts in the heart. And breaking God's commands out of such a heart are not love. To live out love with everything within us, we must greatly fill our hearts with God's loving words. Sola Scriptura, beloved. Soli Deo Gloria, beloved. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Who is your God? The answer is how you respond to this text and where it goes next. But it has to start here with your hearts and storing up God's word right now. And as you leave, you take them with you. They don't seep out of you as you get out. Beloved, lovingly store up God's loving words in your heart. This is the message for you this day. Expounding and applying the first command, thou shalt have no other gods before him. And it needs to be all based on loving God who is the only one. Lovingly store up God's loving words in your heart. Let us pray that God would help us to do this. Oh Lord, forgive us again for not loving you with our whole heart. Please help us to repent. Please help us to kill the old man, to cleanse our heart. Create in us a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us. Restore unto us the joy of thy salvation. Let us thus begin to teach others your ways. O Lord, teach us thy truth and cause us to walk in it. Fill us with your light. You are the light of the world. Let us be the light of the world by having your word, which is, in, which is light, stored up in us, just as we would store bright lights in a jar, or just like a flashlight storing a light. Lord, store that up in us and let that light just shine out of us because we're storing it up there. And it is living and active, discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. Let it do that to us and let it do that to others as we speak with them. And as our hearts are often pricked, O Lord, by those who would revile us, let us just keep going back to your word, such as Psalm 26, such as the uh, Beatitudes, and let us have peace with you. A peace, as we will study soon in Philippians, that as we study the noble and right things, passeth all understanding and keeps our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, in whose name we pray. And all your people said, Amen.